0: Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report post game report. where Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is episode number eight where we sit down with no guests, just yours truly, telling you about the week that was in the National Football League and in college football. And as always, a reminder: subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five star review, or don't leave us one at all. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Jones Live and uh, Facebook at Tyler Jones Live as well, is uh, where you can see my ongoing coverage of all the happenings over there. And I appreciate it if uh, you did so. And where we start out on these Monday shows, we have two shows every week in case you're new to this Mondays and Thursdays. And our Thursday show is very extensive, you know, two, two and a half hours long. These Monday shows are just, you know, a a uh, recap of sorts of the weekend, and just give you a little dosage of sorts uh, to get ready for the rest of your week. And, and where we start on these Monday shows is always a simple question of what did we learn from the weekend, and what did I learn? Well, I learned, and you learned this too, if it wasn't evident already that the Big 12's playoff chances are done for. It is finished for the Big 12. Sayonara, see you later. As Oklahoma State felt, is 41-34. to The number six team in the land handed their first loss of the year. And now things are looking pretty bad for the Big 12, if they aren't bad enough already. Oklahoma State was kind of the last hope of sorts for the conference at this point in time and you know the Cowboys played fine these first few weeks of the season their defense was terrific but the offense hadn't played to the level that we thought Oklahoma State was capable of and then last week we see you know on Saturday a career day from Spencer Sanders 400 yards passing the most of his entire time at Oklahoma State, four touchdowns. Tylon Wallace was just amazing. I mean, he was a cheat code. 11 receptions, 187 yards, and two touchdowns. But the Cowboys gave up four turnovers, and they did not have any turnovers on the other side. And, you know, you may look at the score and say, wow, well, they gave up 41 points. Not the defense's fault when the offense turns the ball over four times. That's four free possessions for Texas to work with. And look, I know Texas has got a lot of problems, but you still have a senior quarterback and Sam Ellinger. As annoying as Ellinger may be, he's still a terrific talent. And if you're going to give him four more opportunities to have the football, there's no way he doesn't capitalize on that. And you can look at officiating. You can you know, try to point blame on that. On uh, sure, I get where you're coming from. Oklahoma State has reason to gripe, but at the end of the day. It's no one's fault but their own that they gave up four turnovers in that loss against Texas. That's simply what it comes down to. So uh, you look at the rest of the league, and we'll talk about this more later on. Um, You know, there's just nothing left. You know, the Big 12 has left a lot to be desired this season, starting out with Oklahoma losing their first two conference games, and then that number 2 team, you know, or three team after Oklahoma State never really emerged. Texas, even with that win, uh, there's still not a whole lot to like about that Texas team. Iowa State, you know, they, uh, you know, had that bad start against Louisiana, and they lost Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago. They've been up and down. K State got exposed this past week against West Virginia, and then, you know, your your other guys like. Uh, West Virginia and TCU and Texas Tech and Baylor are a bunch of also-rans. So, this is a bad year for this league. Um, Oklahoma, and I tweeted this out on Saturday, and I'll continue to say this again. Even after that rough start, everything is setting up nicely for Oklahoma to win the Big 12 Conference. Um, You know, the way that they have recovered since – their rough starts, that momentum, season defining win against Texas, and the way that they've turned things around the last couple weeks. Their defense has stepped up. Uh, Oklahoma is only getting better. Spencer Sanders, or Spencer Rattler, rather, is growing. They got a couple guys back from suspension this past week. This is still Oklahoma's league. They've won, what, five, six straight Big 12 titles? Um, I said it a couple weeks ago. I'm not counting out Oklahoma. You got to go through the champs. And with the way things have fallen for these other teams the last couple of weeks, this is still Oklahoma's league to lose. They're still the favorites in this. I like Oklahoma to still ultimately win the Big 12 Conference. We'll, we'll talk about that more coming up later on in today's show. But where I want to start with the Chiefs, 35-9 to win over the New York Jets. It felt like the Chiefs played average on Sunday, really. Um, the Chiefs, you know, th- this was not – Their best performance. And yet, here they are with just a dominating win. Um, They didn't overlook the Jets. And they talked about that all week long that, you know, even if they were lying a bit when they said that they thought the Jets were a good football team and all that, that they did not want to overlook the Jets. And they didn't. Um, The Jets had some opportunities to score early in this game. And then you start to wonder, well, what's going on with this Chiefs defense? They're letting the Jets drive on them. They still held them to field goals in those circumstances. Um, So that was a success even with those sort of failures from the defense. But you look at this offense, and we talked about this last week, and it was the talk of the town leading up to this game was the revenge game for Le'Veon Bell against his former team, the New York Jets. Um, all the teams that Le'Veon Bell was considering playing for this year were going to play the New York Jets at some point in time. Um, Le'Veon Bell is playing for a veteran minimum so he can take every penny he can from the New York Jets to make, him, make them pay him. Um, he is still very upset with this organization, and I don't blame him one bit. But this was a lot about Le'Veon Bell going into this game. And the Jets, to their credit, shut down the run game for the Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell included. Le'Veon Bell in this big game of his that, you know, there was so much motivation for and everything, six carries just seven yards along of four yards. Um, The Jets were good at stopping the run. And we we got to see – The Patrick Mahomes that we saw in 2018, if you're going to take away the run game, well, Patrick Mahomes is still capable of throwing five touchdown passes and 400 yards if you needed him to. And with them taking away the run game, they said, okay, yeah, Patrick, do your thing. Go do that. And you may be saying to yourself, you know, hey, Patrick's not having very many of these games like he did just a couple years ago in 2018, but he doesn't need to. They don't need him to go out there and throw five touchdowns and 400 yards every game like they did before because the defense is so much better and that usually they can run the ball, wear out clock, play some more ball control football. Didn't necessarily get to do that Sunday, but that's why you don't see that from Patrick Mahomes as much as you used to. Patrick Mahomes is and can still be a better quarterback than what he was in 2018, even if the numbers are less than what they were. And you look at his season statistics, even with him, you know, settling a little bit—I don't even know if that's the right word for it. Um, this guy's still completing passes at near seventy-four percent completion rate. Um, you know, he, he's passed this season for two thousand three hundred and fifteen yards, second most in the league. Twenty-one touchdowns, second most in the league. Only one pick, first in the league, and and quarterback rating. Um, Patrick Mahomes is not doing as much as he did before, and he's still a better quarterback, and he's still more efficient. Sunday, they asked him to step up. He did so, and he played great. That was the best performance we've seen out of Patrick Mahomes this season, and now if you took him away from the MVP conversation for some reason beforehand, he's right there in the thick of it, right there with Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes um, is playing great. Uh, I I loved what I saw. He played great against the Jets. And it was a historic day for the Chiefs receiving corps. Going into it, it was another game without Sammy Watkins, and Sammy Watkins was hurt again. So you wondered if McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson, one of those guys, were going to be able to step up and fill the void for Sammy Watkins. And they both did, quite frankly. McCole Hardman... um, he had the best game of his career to this point. McCole Hardman did seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He was phenomenal. Great game from McCole Hardman. Um, Demarcus Robinson, D. Rob, stepped up four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Now, as far as the historic game goes, this is where it gets really exciting. First off, Travis Kelsey, eight catches. 109 yards and one touchdown. And Travis Kelsey, folks, get this. Travis Kelsey's performance uh, got him over 7,000 career receiving yards. Second-fastest tight end in NFL history to reach that point, only behind Gronk. What an amazing achievement. Um you know, if you weren't already Travis Kelsey, we got to start talking about him among some of the all time greats to ever play that position. That's the territory that Travis Kelsey is a part of. Not just one of the best in the league right up there with George Kittle, but also one of the best to ever play the position. That's the type of conversation that we should start to have about Travis Kelsey if we haven't had that already. Tyreek Hill, his historic day. Four catches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Do you happen to know who Tyreek Hill is now tied for among 40-yard touchdown receptions in NFL history? That would be Randy Moss. Um, Tyreek Kill is just 26 years old. And already at this point in his career, he is tied for the most... 40 yard receiving touchdowns in the history of the NFL at 26 years old. He has had 23 of them. Randy Moss had 23 for his entire career. Um we are going to look at Tyreek Hill as one of the greatest deep threats in NFL history. Um, I was shocked when Mahomes actually overthrew Tyreek Hill on one pass on Sunday. Otherwise, that connection was just fantastic. And I feel like we don't talk about Tyreek enough for just how good he is as a route running and what he brings to the Chiefs on that front. He was terrific. Um, you know, the defense. We mentioned that they had a couple possessions here and there where it looked like the Jets had opportunities to score, but they still, you know, took four points off the board each time. Very well could have been touchdown drives, held them to field goals. And I know the Jets are bad and their offense just stinks. I mean, there's no way around that. Um, but this is still the National Football League. These players, these teams are still too good not to find ways to compete and ways to move the football. Um, you know, giving up that nine points, not the end of the world. The Chiefs' defense was great. Um, I liked what I saw from them. They 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 did it all um, on Sunday, and you know they they gave a rough outing to Sam Darnold. They held him to 133 passing yards. Good performance, um, but going into Sunday, the Chiefs were 31st in the league against the run, and none of the Jets running backs really got anything going. Frank Gore was held to three yards carry. You know, 10 carries, 30 yards. LaMichael Pirine held a three-point yard, four yards per carry. Um, You know, eight eight carries, 27 yards, 25 uh, carries, 93 yards for a team. They did a good job of stopping the run, and they did a good job of not letting Sam Darnold beat them through the air. Good win for the Chiefs. Jets are a bad football team. Adam Gase, man, uh, I don't know how he's still employed with the New York Jets, that remains one of the biggest mysteries in the entire NFL at this point in time. If I ever am as bad at my job as Adam Gase is at his job, just go ahead and fire me. Do everyone a favor, myself included, and fire me. So if my potential employers down the line are listening to this, uh, you, you know what to do. If I'm somehow that bad, just let me go. Um, if their goal is just to keep on losing and position themselves for that number one pick, which it very well could be, then Adam Gates, I guess, is doing a great job of that. That's about the only positive you can find to the job that Adam Gates is doing. This team is a dumpster fire, a hot mess. Um, and, you know, I'll say this on the Jets I don't think Sam Darnold is a bad quarterback. I think that he's just got no talent around him. Uh, you know, awful coaching, awful management on top. That would be a tough situation for anyone to be able to succeed in. Um, you know, I I feel for the guy that he's put in that position there with the Jets. They're just a mess. Chiefs win uh second straight week. I think this is worth noting too. Second straight week that the Chiefs got to give some time to Chad Henney. Um, that helps. It keeps Patrick off the field when you know that you've come away with the win, that you can play the backup quarterback and you're avoiding Patrick from getting hurt. I think any time that you can have that opportunity to put Chad Hennie in is a success. Patrick has nothing to prove when a team is up 35-9 to late in the fourth quarter. You know what's going to happen. So any time they can put Chad in like that, that's great. And you know, we saw last year too. Patrick went down there against the Broncos. And Matt Moore, you know, he answered the call and he stepped up when he had to in, in that opportune time. You give Chad Henney these reps, gets to play with the first team offense a bit. God forbid if that opportunity comes up again, Chad Henney's got some familiarity with the offense. First team reps in game option, game action. You're getting him that. So uh, that Chad henney Hennessy, it's always good. And I- I'm glad to see that he got a little bit of time because they're uh, certainly helping him out if that opportunity, uh, were to arise down the road. That's good to see, and avoiding injury. So, Chiefs came out with no injuries either. That's a success in itself. Uh, but overall, this team is 7-1 and right now. And we'll talk about these other teams in the league, but I think that the Chiefs and the, and the, uh, Steelers have separated themselves in the AFC right now. It's those two, and then it's everybody else. Um, The difference I see between the Chiefs and the Steelers, the Chiefs are still holding a lot of stuff back in the Andy Reid system, in the Andy Reid playbook. Um, The Chiefs are probably playing at about 70 to 75% uh, with still holding stuff back back for later on. Okay? I think the Steelers, they're in a tough division. You know, the reigning one seed is right there in their own division. They're laying everything out in the line every single week. Um, you know, great great win there against Baltimore. Great win there against Tennessee. But they're playing at a 100%. And I don't think there's a whole lot of separation between the Steelers and the Chiefs right now, but that difference of the Chiefs, that they still have something back compared to what the the Steelers are at right now, that bodes well for the Chiefs down the line. I'll still take this Chiefs team over the Steelers or anybody in the NFL. That's not to discredit the Steelers, but the Chiefs have not dropped off. Um, this play that you may be wondering, well, why aren't they beating teams more or whatnot, uh, it's there. It'll come. In due time, they just don't need to. Andy Reid's got to figure it out. He knows exactly what he's doing here. Uh, other games around the NFL: Falcons beat the Panthers twenty-five to seventeen. You know, avenging their loss earlier in the season to Carolina. Arthur Blank, the uh, owner of the Falcons, he gets down on the field, and you know, every time he goes there in the fourth quarter, you know it's just about to fall apart for the Falcons. That didn't happen this time. Matt Ryan and company actually held on to a fourth-quarter lead. That was shocking. Chiefs get the Panthers this upcoming week. Panthers are not a bad team. I think we've described them as, what, a good-bad team. Matt Rule's done an excellent job. They are a rebuilding bunch. Teddy Bridgewater has played well there for the Panthers. Um, I expect the Chiefs to be just fine. But all that discussion about not overlooking and such that we talked about with the Jets last week that the Chiefs said time and time again, I think you really mean that this time. Um, if the Chiefs are caught looking Carolina, they can make this a competitive game. They've shown that to this point that they have not backed down to anybody. We'll uh, talk about that more on Thursday's show. The Bills beat the Patriots 24-21. to Cam Newton got the start again for New England, and Cam... Didn't play great 19 to 25, 174 yards. Bills, I know that they haven't looked pretty the last couple of weeks. They're still six and two, even through this rough stretch of sorts from the Bills. They're still winning football games. You got to think they're going to figure out some things, get over this slump of some sorts, and they're going to be just fine. They're still finding ways to win. That's what great teams do in this league is when they struggle still find ways to win. That's what the Bills are doing right now with their 6 and 2 record. They appear to be in complete control of that division. The upset of the weekend, the Bengals beat the Titans 31 to 20. It was only a matter of time before Joe Burrow got that marquee win for the Bengals. They have played over their heads this year. Um, you know, Joe Burrow has been phenomenal this season and he made this a game Uh, you know, they didn't, they let Derrick Henry get his, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, still had 112 yards on the ground, but they stepped up enough. This Bengals team did in particular, their defense to hold Tennessee to 20 points. Tennessee's played really good football this year. Uh, this was big time for the Bengals. Titans have lost two straight. Now I'm not worried about the Titans though. I think they're going to be okay. That division they're in is bad too. Um, Titans can win that division, maybe at ten and six or eleven and five. They're already at five and two. They're going to be okay. Uh, the Bengals at two five and one, certainly a surprise. But it, it, it's all about their quarterback, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is doing a great job, having a great season. He's going to be a star in this league. Um, I saw something about Baker Mayfield. Uh, it, it was from uh, Outkick the other day, and it said, "Here's the Baker Mayfield cycle. He plays like crap." Then he's criticized by the media. Then he takes an underdog mentality. Then he beats an inferior opponent, calls out the doubters, and then he plays like crap and repeats the cycle all over again. This game was back at the top of the cycle to play like crap. Baker Mayfield was not good. 12-25, 122 yards. Yes, he was without Odell and without Alston Hooper and those guys, but there's not an excuse to only put up six points. At home against Vegas. Uh, Josh Jacobs read the ball very well. Raiders at 4-3. and three. They're still alive for the playoffs. The Browns, I need some consistency. I mean, my goodness. This team has some talent. They have some potential. But they have no consistency of any kind. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, those Browns fans out there, you're kind of good this year. You're not a bad team. But you can't find any consistency. That's the number one issue. Raiders at 4-3, and three. got to be very pleased to be 4-3 and three right now. Nobody was expecting anything from this Raider team this year, and they've gotten some big-time wins. Saints, Chiefs, the Browns now. Uh, good year for John Gruden and company there in Vegas. Colts beat the Lions, dominating win, 41-21 uh, over Detroit. Uh, even with that, as well as they played, I'm still selling the Colts and Phillip Rivers and company. Uh, things will catch up to this Colts team. They are a fraud. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Don't buy into what the Colts are doing at 5-2. and uh, You'll beat the Lions. Congrats. The Lions aren't that good of a football team. Matt Stafford um, is a good quarterback, but that's about all they got there. So congrats to the Colts, but, I mean, really, you beat a, a bad football team, the Lions. Another upset, big upset this weekend was the Vikings over the Packers. Now, here's the thing about this game. Is that the Vikings? We have said since this season began that the Vikings have potential. They have talent on this Vikings team, but they simply weren't able to put it together. Kirk Cousins was struggling. Um, you know, this team had a lot of missing holes. There was a lot of things wrong with this team as far as playing complete football games. Uh, Mike Zimmer was doing a bad job with some of the decisions he was making as a head coach. It wasn't a lack of talent; it was a lack of putting it together. And the Packers, um, coming off that win against Houston, they're at home. You expected them just to roll, and they struggled. Uh, the Vikings finally lived up their potential. The problem is with the Vikings win, winning this game; it's a little bit too late. You're two and five at this point. Um, you know the games that are ahead of you and everything. I don't really see there being a path for the Vikings. But nonetheless, it was a nice win on the road. I'm not concerned about the Packers; they'll figure it out. They'll be just fine. Aaron Rodgers still had close to 300 yards through the air. They're going to be okay. Dolphins beat the Rams 28 17, in Tua Tungaviole's debut debut for the Dolphins. Um, you know, there was folks that were critical about Fitzmagic getting benched for Tua. Um, you know, the Dolphins are in playoff contention. But Tua played fine. 12 of 22, 93 yards in a touchdown. He did what was asked of him. Uh, Wasn't too flashy, but it was good enough. What won this game for the Dolphins was their defense. Jared Goff, uh, you know, he he threw two interceptions in this game. Uh, They had the two fumbles. Just way too many mistakes. I mean, they they were just a hot mess. I think this Rams team is a good football team. Um, But they got in their own way on Sunday. So, Credit to the Dolphins' defense for making plays and putting their team in position to win. Um, this was all about the defense that got this done for the Dolphins. Nice win. They're four and three. Brian Flores is doing a heck of a job there in Miami. Steelers beat the Ravens 28 to 24. We touched briefly on the Steelers. Uh, their defense is just great, uh, like the best in the league. Great. Okay, and and Big Ben. What's really interesting about this Steeler team is. That they are everywhere else, that Big Ben is doing just enough for the Steelers. He's significantly better, don't get me wrong, than what we saw last year from Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Um, and he makes some mistakes, but he's not costing them games. Um, you know, 21 of 32, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Good enough. Better than what you're going to get out of a Duck, Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph. Um, James Conner wasn't great running the football. I mean, the Steelers got to find a better option at running back than James Conner. He ain't it. But this defense, folks, I mean, they were just unbelievable. They picked off Lamar Jackson twice in this game. Um, and then, you know, they, they were able just to – you know, slow down this uh, Baltimore team, you know through you, you look at what they did. I mean, they were able to keep the Ravens from scoring points. Uh, you know the Ravens have potential, but the Steelers defense was just simply better. Um, I like what the Steeler team is, but I wonder if things are going to catch up on them. Think about the Seahawks last year. The Seahawks, very similar situation to what the Steelers are in, where they won a lot of games early on in the season, but then they ran out of gas later on. They had all those close games, and things finally caught up to them. That's what I wonder with this Steelers team is you win all these close games, our team's going to figure you out, and those close games turn into losses. That remains to be seen. I like what the Steelers are doing, but I'm still a little hesitant as far as how far they can go here because they are playing at 100% right now at this point in time Uh, as far as that 100% laying everything out in the field as opposed to a Chiefs team that's playing 70 or 75%. Broncos beat the Chargers. Uh, This game, Drew Locke played terrible in the first half, and a lot of people were wanting to sell the Broncos. He leads them to a comeback win. Uh, Herbert, I think, is better than uh, Drew Locke. I do, and Herbert played pretty good. But this is the win the Broncos needed. Neither one of these teams are going to be making the postseason, but the Broncos needed the confidence boost after what happened last week, that debacle against the Chiefs. You get a come-from-behind win. Drew Locke ends up throwing three touchdowns. That's huge for morale for this team for the rest of the season to have that come-from-behind win like that. The Saints beat the Bears in overtime. Um, What do I tell you on this show from time to time when it comes to sports betting? Good teams win, great teams cover. The Saints are not a great team right now. They did not cover the spread. Now, that's not completely why I'm saying they're not a great team. Um, But this game was closer than it should have been. The Saints were up double digits in the fourth quarter. They were the better team all around and still left that door open. Nick Foles did not look great in this game. People were calling for Trubisky. I mean, even some of his teammates were calling for Trubisky at one point. Um, the Saints should have won by more. Uh, the Saints are five and two, but they very well could be right now. Have three or four losses. They are lucky to be five and two at this point. The Bears, I've been telling you, sell the Bears. They're a frauds. Another loss puts them at five and three. That's more where the Bears should be, closer to a reality. Check of sorts for the Bears the last couple of weeks. But you know, a win's a win. Just win, baby, as they say. Drew Brees, his arm is not what it once was, but he's finding ways to adapt. And you wonder if he's going to have enough time the rest of the season to continue to adapt for this team to be a championship threat or not. We'll see. Seahawks beat the Niners 37-27. It's a must-see game when these two teams get together. Uh, We saw some classics last year between these two. This was not one of those. The Seahawks just dominated, um, even with the 49ers scoring 20 points in that fourth quarter. Uh, this was all Seahawks on Sunday. Um, you know, Russell Wilson was phenomenal. Uh, you know, the what they did with uh, you know going up against this Niners team of you know whether it was Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo, you know those guys really just had no answer. And the Seahawks defense. Isn't that good? But they made enough plays in this game. Uh, Seattle, folks, I think the NFC is wide open. Seattle's got to be right up there uh, with Tampa Bay Bay, to win this conference. Their defense needs work, but, man, uh, I love what I've seen from Russell Wilson. This is the best season of his career. He's got to be the MVP favorite. Eagles beat the Cowboys. You know, Carrie Underwood, she always tells us that we're waiting all day for Sunday night. Um, I was not waiting all day for this game. I can tell you that right now. This was uh utter garbage what we saw on Sunday night football in this game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, you know, Ben uh Danuki gets the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, third string quarterback, and I was just saying to myself, why can't you have Kellen Moore just put on some pads? He's the offensive coordinator anyway, just go ahead and throw him out there. Um, Danuki threw 40 times for some unknown reason. Their run game was fine with Zeke and Tony Pollard in that second half, but they still got away from the run game. They tried to force Danuki to throw the football, and it simply didn't work. He struggled. The Eagles, you get the win, but I'm sorry. The Eagles, you're not getting away from this one just because you're 3-4-1 now and you're, you you got a win here. I was almost as disappointed in the Eagles in this game as I was with the Cowboys. The Eagles, there was no excuse for how bad their offense was. Carson Wentz was just awful on Sunday night. Um, is he wanting Jalen Hurts to come in and take his job? I mean, you're going up against the worst defense in the league, and you can only put up 23 points. What a disaster for the Eagles. Um, you know, this NFC East, just awful. Can we. Demote one of their teams, and give the playoff spot to the Houston Roughnecks or the XFL or something. I mean, just awful what we're seeing out of the NFC East. And I hated that we had to sit through and watch that game on Sunday night. Uh, tonight you got the Bucks and the Giants. Bucks are going to be just fine. Bucks are terrific. They're getting better every single week. Brady's going to be without a couple guys. Um, no Mike Evans. No Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown doesn't show up till next week. I don't know if they necessarily cover because the guys that they have out, but there's not a doubt in my mind that the Bucs are going to win this game on the road Um, and Daniel Jones is going to continue to struggle. Uh, I like the Bucs to take care of business. Can you believe that in prime time this week, we got stuck with three of the four awful NFC East teams in prime time, and we had to have the Steelers-Ravens game at noon on CBS. If you're here in Kansas City, unless you had the Sunday ticket or a stream like I found or went to like a Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that, you didn't get to see that great Steelers-Ravens game. That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? That's what I would have wanted to see. Not this junk of the NFC East they're throwing on television every week. Just ridiculous. But nonetheless, there you have it. That's your look around the NFL for week number eight. let's uh, talk college football now. We mentioned off the top Oklahoma State losing to Texas. Um, Texas four and two they're still bad football team. Um, this Texas team is just because they beat Oklahoma State does not mean this team's going anywhere. Oklahoma State, you know that was the Oklahoma State that we all certainly knew was possible, right? Everything seemed to be set up for Oklahoma State perfectly. Here you go, Oklahoma State. You're handed the league on a silver platter. You got the most talented team, you got the most experienced team. Just go out there and get it done. And they still found a way to give it up on brand for Oklahoma State. One of the things I said at the beginning of the season was this team is so dysfunctional. When you looked at Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy and that old debacle. And the events that followed after that, you watch the R. Time Show on ESPN Plus, and this team is so out of whack. They don't know how to handle COVID and all that. It was only a matter of time before Oklahoma State got exposed, and that's what happened on Saturday. Too many mistakes. Oklahoma State, um, you know, they could still make the Big 12 title game, but I'm not laying the money on them to win the league uh, at the moment. Uh, they got some issues to handle. Uh, they're they're just you know, out of out of set, out not organized this team is. Very dysfunctional. And that dysfunction was going to catch up to them. Iowa State beats KU 52-22. Now you look at the score and you say to yourselves, okay, Iowa State dominated that game. That's a boss for KU. You know, an ugly an ugly game. Lose by 30 points at home, right? That's what you're thinking. But if you're less miles in KU, you're always trying to find some positives. And I think that you've actually, believe it or not, found your quarterback at KU the last couple of weeks. Jalen Daniels just turned 18 years old a couple days ago. Um, He played fine. 16 to 29, 165 yards. He did have an interception. He had a rushing touchdown. This guy's got no time to throw. Um. His running game behind him is not great either, and he's still finding ways to make plays. Uh, He's only going to get better. And with the way that these rules are working as far as eligibility and everything, he's still going to be a freshman next season as well. Um, Jalen Daniels, folks, KU, despite all that they've been through, as bad as they've been, they have found a quarterback. Remember how hard it was for Kansas to find quarterbacks for years since Todd Reising? Well, Tell you what, no matter what you think of Les Miles, he's he's found the quarterbacks. Uh, Carter Stanley had a career year out of nowhere last year. And now you look at Jayla Daniels, and sure it took a little bit of time, but now you found a guy. That was one of the biggest issues for Kansas for the last decade, was finding a quarterback. So you found a quarterback, which is big. You had a nice day. From uh, Kenny Logan, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown and an interception. you got to count the little things. And for KU, they found some things to build upon. Those are big for KU. Iowa State, what can I say? Brees Hall is just going to be terrific in the National Football League. I think he's better than what David Montgomery was. He was awesome. 185 yards, two touchdowns. He could have ran for 300 probably on Saturday. Brock Purdy was good, too. Um this Iowa State team's talented. just does it matter of if they can find some consistency. Uh, we shall see. Uh, K-State falls to West Virginia 37-10. to You know, K-State was kind of playing over their heads there for a bit. And then you start a true freshman quarterback in Will Howard um, after Skyler Thompson goes down. It was only a matter of time. And what do you know? Will Howard throws three picks Um you know, Jared Dagey played fine for West Virginia. He had two touchdowns over 300 yards. Um, this is just one thing where it caught up to him. And here's what West Virginia did really well, and I think would be more the reason why K-State did not play well, even more so than Will Howard having a bad game. Um, the biggest problem for K-State, you know you're going to have those moments with a freshman quarterback. That's going to happen. Um, not everybody can have Trevor Lawrence or Johnny Manziel. That's just not realistic. Um, but they didn't get their run game established. Deuce Vaughn held it 22 yards. Harry Trotter, 12. Um, as a team, 41. That was their biggest issue was not getting that run game established. K-State's still going to find themselves in a decent bowl of some sorts this year, but I don't have them winning the Big 12 title. Same with West Virginia. Neither one of these teams are winning the league. Um, TCU beats Baylor 33-23. to They were up 30 to nothing at one point and made this a game. Both these teams are bad teams, I mean, simply put. Um, but TCU is just a little bit better than what Baylor is. Oklahoma knocks off Texas Tech 62-28. to 28. This was just a great day for Oklahoma. And that 28 is very deceiving. Um, their second and third string guys were in when they gave up those last two touchdowns. This should have been something like 62-14. to 14. That's how well OU played. And what have we been wanting to see from Oklahoma in 2020, in particular since the Texas game? We've been wanting to see Oklahoma play four quarters of football on offense and defense. And we finally saw it against ECU and saw it again against Texas Tech. OU is learning how to put teams away early so there's not a door for them to get back into it late. You either got to do one or two things if you're OU, and they're learning this, and this is huge, is that, you either have to learn to be able to play ball-control football and not do that press-zone defense that I just absolutely hate seeing, um, or you got to just score so many points early on and get enough stops that the game's just out of hand by halftime. And they're making progress towards that point. Rattler's coming along. He's going to be a star if he isn't already. Um Oklahoma's getting better every single week. Watch out. This is the team that is going to win the Big 12 Conference. I can tell you that right now. I feel confident in saying that. Um, other games around college football, Clemson beats Boston College 34-28. to No Trevor Lawrence. Um, Boston College led a lot of this game, but Clemson responded in the second half. And you knew that they were going to be a little bit shaky without Trevor Lawrence trying to adapt. Um you know and then they found a way and that's what good teams do is they find great teams in the, on their off nights find ways to win and that's exactly what they did even without Trevor Lawrence uh now you play Notre Dame this next week you got a whole week to get ready you got you know a start under your belt for uh uh Ugigali, or however you say this uh Clemson quarterback's name is um that was big for Clemson to get that type of performance out of the way. Because if they played like that next week against Notre Dame, that's a loss. But you would think that they've gotten that out of the way now. Alabama. Remember a couple of weeks ago, wasn't too long ago, they gave up 48 points at Ole Miss. Nick Saban was pretty pissed. Then they pitched a shutout against Mississippi State. That defense is waking up. Alabama is good on defense. Mac Jones, he, you got to talk about him for the Heisman. And even with losing Jalen Waddle at receiver – Devonta Smith has 200 yards and four touchdowns receiving Alabama. Woo! August. Uh, Ohio State, dominating win against Penn State. Penn State's a fraud. I've told you that. James Franklin, not a great coach, a good coach. And Ohio State should have won this by more. Justin Fields, he's up there for the Heisman right now. This Ohio State team. I feel like can we just go ahead and fast forward to Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State in the playoff? Those three teams are at one level, and then everyone else is at another. Ohio State, ooh, that's fun. Um, other games: Notre Dame, nice win against Georgia Tech uh, this past week. Uh, you know, Georgia's defense looked good against Kentucky, holding them to three points. Cincinnati with a nice win over Memphis. They're they're now five and zero. Uh, 49-10 to win. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know what to make of Cincinnati, if they're going to make some noise or not, but they certainly look good. Texas A&M beats Arkansas 42-32. A&M, quietly, the number eight team in the country at 4-1. and one. Their only loss is to Alabama. And their schedule's not bad the rest of the way. Watch out for A&M, folks. Florida, 41-17 win over Mizzou. Florida, number 10 team in the land. Hmm. Makes you think uh, on that uh, Florida team, folks. Kyle Drask played a lot better, um, and their loss doesn't look bad. They they lost a close one to Texas A&M. Florida's still a good football team. Now you got the cocktail party coming up this weekend against Georgia. I think you got to make Florida the favorite right now to beat Georgia. BYU, we mentioned Cincinnati as a group of five team that is sneaky. How about BYU? Zach Wilson, this guy's a Heisman candidate. Uh, they blew the doors off Western Kentucky. They're trying to find opponents to play. This is a historic year for BYU. It's 7-0. and Zach Wilson doing a great job. BYU is a fun football team. I hope some teams add them and play BYU because um, that team is legit. That's been great to see. How about Michigan? That big win last week. They scored 49 points against Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. Look at Michigan. Wow. And then Lane egg against Michigan State at home. Michigan State lost to Rutgers the week before. And Michigan just, man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, typical Jim Harbaugh, right? And Michigan, you know, they always find new ways to disappoint. Now it's clear the path to the playoff for Ohio State is very, very easy at this point. Michigan was about the last good team left. The Big Ten, other than Ohio State, is bad. Okay. Um, Ohio State, congrats on making the playoff. Michigan's not a threat. North Carolina loses. Um, you know, we've talked about Sam Howe in North Carolina, and this is kind of a come down to earth situation for them. Sam Howell was phenomenal. Uh, this guy had you know, 400-plus yards, four touchdowns, but no help. That defense was bad. Um, still a great year for North Carolina, nonetheless. Indiana's 2-0 now, a win against Rutgers. Um, you know, that team, they found their way to be 17th in the country. Still need to see more. America's favorite team, Coastal Carolina, shuts out Georgia State, 51-0, Coastal Carolina, 20th in the country. KU's loss to them doesn't look so bad now. Um, SMU beats Navy, 51-37. to 37. Navy really struggling down year this year. SMU, Shane shell is having a good year. He's going to put himself on some draft boards now uh, with the way that he's played this year. 300 yards, three touchdowns in that win. And then Boise State beats Air Force, 49-30. Broncos are 2-0, and and what do you know? College football is always more interesting anytime time Boise State gets involved. So, a uh, big-time win there. So, there you have it. That is a look across college football and uh, also the NFL this week here on this Monday post-game edition of the Jones Report. Thanks for hanging out with us today and I appreciate, as always, the listeners, you guys, for stopping by and joining us. Subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review. Facebook.com. Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group. Twitter, at Tyler Jones Live, at uh, TJ Media Group. Instagram, Tyler Jones Live. Jones underscore report is where you can find us there. And we'll see you on Thursday for a big show. And uh, hope you have a good couple days. Until then, have a great one, everybody. Thanks for joining us on am Jones Report. So long.